Hello and welcome to MyCast, the independent horror podcast based on and around the Micro Universe. And today I am here with, I usually make a joke about this, but I think this is, uh, this is, this is a very special guest, like uh, even in terms of uh, the Micro Universe. Um, I think this is almost as far back as we've ever gone um, in terms of characters and actors. Um, so please welcome Mr. Wellington Grosner. Hello. I Charlie Corbin from Slasher House. How are you? I'm I'm all right, thank you. Very special. Very special. Well, usually I make the joke. I go, um, I'd like to welcome a very special guest, but I couldn't find one, so instead here is uh, <laughs> my, my opening gambit. Well, I mean, this feels like a bit of a uh, because we don't uh, we haven't we haven't talked to each other in a while. I mean, we speak kind of in passing online quite often, but. Um, we haven't spoken face to face in in uh, in quite a while, I don't think. No, the last time, well, certainly in person, the last time I saw you was uh, for Slash House Two, which was twenty sixteen. No, twenty fifteen. It'll have been because no you way. Been, uh, no, we did the reach the second part in twenty sixteen. So, but we did the first part in November of twenty fifteen. My whole life has changed since then. I've got married, had a child, lived, moved to a different country. It's so, well, all... almost the same. I haven't moved to a different country yet, although I wish I had. I wish I'd had the foresight to do that. <laughs> Any country from New Zealand would have been nice. And I kept going, we should move to New Zealand. I thought, nah, what's, what's New Zealand got that, that we... And then, now I'm like, I'd face giant sword-wielding spiders and man-eating snakes just to, just to live the free life, you know what I mean? I keep seeing jobs advertised in, like, Finland and thinking, nah, quite like the look of that. Yeah, um, I could go for that. Finland. I keep thinking about moving up to like no man's land in Spain. You know, like the like the bits in Europe that nobody owns, that just in between countries. Yeah, just moving out there, you know, and like starting fresh. Change my well, name. That's pretty much what we've done now. You know, there's uh, there is nothing here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I mean. During a during a pandemic, that's exactly what you want. Yeah, nobody around at all. We didn't plan. We didn't plan the pandemic when we moved to the middle of nowhere. But yeah. but, uh, but you have uh, you have you have accidentally. I guess you've last you've landed on your feet a little bit in terms of uh, your placement during the whole. To an extent, yeah. Um, I mean, we don't have to queue to the supermarket, but we do have to travel ten miles to the supermarket. Oh, but, that's uh, all right, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's all right, but then when you know the government. Uh, guidelines say you're only allowed to travel up to five miles and you go <laughs> oh, yeah well i mean that's so that's been like a i've tried not to get into politics on here but uh that's been more of a, a devolved government kind of approach we've never had that here at all they're basically like do whatever you want <laughs> like yeah no it, it is quite quite restrictive here um um I get... I, well i mean i'm sure i'm sure if you explained to the sturge she'd be She'd understand. You know what I mean? <laughs> Go, yeah. Hey, yeah. Sturgy. You know. I don't, I don't want to talk about politics. Okay, right, we won't. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave politics there. <clears throat> and we'll try and avoid. We'll try and be uh we'll try and be as political uh as possible, diplomatic, I guess, as possible, as we travel through the annals of the micro universe. Um so I mean, well, so my first question as always. So uh who the hell do you think you are? Who are you? I obviously I know, but the people listening might not. So, uh, 
go. In a fictional sense or in, a, in an actual sense? Well, I mean, sense. who are you as a person, I guess? Um, well, uh, it's funny because, I mean, we've spoken about this before where, you know, I'm not a professional actor. I don't really do... I mean, we met in Preston, didn't we? So um, in the... I suppose it was a music scene, wasn't it, rather than a than a film scene? Yeah. Um, well, well, it certainly was for me. I mean, that was that was my focus. I, you know, I've, I've played in bands and that sort of thing. But I mean, lately, I just work a day job, and uh, I'm contracting as a as a mechanical engineer at the very north tip of Scotland at the moment. So it's um, I'm away from people. It's not very sociable. It's uh, me and uh, and one of my colleagues are actually we're um, about to launch a range of valve amplifiers, which should be uh, should be an interesting. This is an interesting. Well, you're also the inventor of. Uh, I mean, I'm getting. Uh, this is very early to get into uh, like trivia about you, but uh, I mean, we should, you're also the inventor of the Trem Devil. The Trem, <laughs> which yes, I have yes. one somewhere yeah. on my keyring. Um, but yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I've got those boxes of them kicking around. I think I've only sold about ten. Um, oh, well, that was a genius invention. It's a genius invention if you have that problem, but not very many people have that problem. The Tram oh. Devil, for those that don't know, is a is a key ring that you fit on the keys that you can use to undo the top lock on a, a Floyd Rose guitar. Well, but you, I mean, you can also kind of undo almost. Um, well, you can undo um, any um, Allen key kind of thing that's that size as well is what i found so well, it's, yeah I mean, it's a standard allen key but so it's been extremely yeah. useful to me on set i'm forever using it for tightening things and uh you know uh what you call that's it like serendipitous because your cameras have the same allen key on but not all of them so sometimes i'm like busted <laughs> doesn't quite fit but a lot of, i mean a lot of things do so i'm forever tightening tripods and sliders and and things using the Trem Devil, so it's uh, I've always found very useful. I'll send you a bunch more if you if you're oh, using excellent. them. Well, I'll throw, I'll throw <laughs> them around to filmmakers. You, you should advertise it for for filmmakers as well, definitely. If, I, I mean, I, yeah, I thought about this. Um, it's one of those things. They're sitting in a box. I, I ordered however many thousand to make it make to give me an economy of scale, and then um, and then they just sat in the box. And the website's still up, I think. Uh, I'll have a look later. <laughs> well, yeah, but do a do do a relaunch. Um, you know, name it towards filmmakers as well. Publicity was never my strong point. Like I say, I've uh, sort of recoiled from publicity. I ended up I, 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 nowhere doing a day I job. I completely understand, mate. Honestly, uh, I, I feel very, uh, I guess, uh, envious of your your current uh, out out of the spotlight in the middle of nowhere existence. Feels. Uh, yeah, that's it. Feels like a good place to be. It has its it has its pros and it has its cons. I mean, one of the one of the ways that I was coping, if you like, with not being because I moved I moved here from Lancaster, where we my band were playing two gigs a week. Yeah, so I was playing. Well, I mean, we were, we were doing tons of gigs. We doing live that, shows every week as well. I remember watching watching live shows on Facebook. Uh, yeah, well, I think I was mostly Tommy, but yeah. Um, so there was, yeah, well, I mean, there was all sorts going on, but we, we were playing like this is pre, pre new world order. We were, um, we were gigging in a pub every weekend and, you know, doing the, doing that party thing. And I'm nearly 40 now. So it's getting on for 
um, I, I couldn't really cope too much with it. And then we, and when we suddenly moved up here, it all just stopped. So I ended up uh, going right. Well, what can I do? And I ended up in the pubs because there's like little, you know, folk sessions and stuff going on up here. I mean, little being the operative word. Yeah. Um, and I just started doing that, and then all of a sudden, all the pubs shut. So, yeah. and now, so it's like step two. I'm at home. I've got loads of instruments kicking about, and uh, and nobody to play them to. It's solo album time. Although this thing, uh, this uh, this whistle, is uh, a bit of a hit with the uh, with the toddler. I have to say. Oh, there you go. <laughs> mine, uh, mine likes drums at the minute. He likes banging things. So we've got him. We've got him some drums. No, she'll just get. She'll just put that in her mouth and blow. And no. <laughs> you want? That's all you want. That's uh... <clears throat> so. Um, I mean, I guess we're here to talk about uh, our kind of um, our relationship in terms of uh, the films that we've made together and uh, and stuff like that. I mean, like you said, you don't really ever consider yourself an actor. Uh, although I guess when we met, that I guess that felt like an aspiration that you had. Um, in some form or another. Um, it, I remember auditioning um, for Corbin. Um, so I've, I, see, I've done acting, in inverted commas, from like when I was a teenager, I did amateur dramatics and musicals and that sort of thing. And uh, I never, ever considered myself a good actor by any stretch. And then I remember sort of apprehensively auditioning for, for Corbin in the, uh, at the university at um, UCLan. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, to go back to that, I don't I mean, I don't know whether you remember what, how that all kind of came about. So, um, so it's weird that um, I'd written Corbin, like definitely with you in mind, um, I think at the time. And then um, we, we, for a brief period, cast someone else, I think, um, which was, uh, I mean, um, I won't go into who, maybe, but, um, but yeah, we cast another actor um, kind of very briefly um, who were kind of insistent they, they wanted to do it. And it was kind of like, it was quite intense. Um, and so I was like, well, okay. Um, so I think then it became, well, how do we get Welly involved? So we looked at, I think we were, looking at putting you in the thorn costume at one point um and then um the 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 whole kind of relationship with that other actor just didn't work out really i guess so we kind of i said look like let's just get wally to come and do to come and do call that, that was off the back of uh well, we oh, worked together. the same time as Creepsville, wasn't well, it? Well, we worked together on another feature, hadn't we, before that, which was Creepsville, which was kind of like our my doomed to failure first feature that um, that we did. That, uh, I mean, still I mean, still about this all the time, so I guess I guess I'll give like the the official line here, I suppose. But so Creepsville was the like supposed to be my first feature, um, and it was well he played Pumpkin Face. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is like the leader of the the Griblies, as we used to call them. Um, the, so they wasn't the speaking part at all. There was no no words. Yeah, yeah. Which were like because um, I remember you saying, uh, "Oh, can I like I'd be interested in doing that?" And I'm I said, "Like I don't think you know I don't think it'd be 
very fun for you. It's just a big guy who doesn't talk, walking around mashing people, and you were like, "Yeah." So I, was like, <clears throat> so I mean, again, this is why we initially thought of thought, well, you know, like maybe Thorn could work in terms of because you'd played a character like that before, but the whole time I'd written Corbin. I, I mean, we'll get into this in a minute, but like he just is you. <laughs> essentially isn't he like um and so i was a little i felt a little bit disappointed that we'd kind of i felt a little bit strong-armed into casting someone else at the time and then that started to not work out so i was like right look like just let's not use that guy and we'll go back to willie i don't remember I don't that. Know why we, i don't even know why we auditioned you i guess i just early on in my career it just felt like the right formality do you know what i mean like yeah um, I felt like it was the thing I should do to 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 be a professional, I guess. Um, but I mean, now it seems foolish that I even even do you not audition me and some other people at the same time, then choose the other guy, or would you know? No, well, so, then... um, I'd worked with the, another the other actor before, and he'd kind of it was kind of a case of like, well, I want to do this role, and I did that other thing, so you know you know I can do it kind of thing. Um, yeah. And I was feeling under pressure to fill the roles at the time. So I said, right, okay. Uh, but then when we switched to moving to shooting on the Isle of Man, um, you were coming with us. Anyway, you were, you were you like PTSD flashbacks when you say the Isle of Man. I know, I know. <laughs> but you were coming with us anyway. And I said, like, it just makes perfect sense for Welly to do it. So um, I think at the time, it was suggested I audition you. So I was like, well, okay, like if we're gonna be professionals about it. But I mean, um You just wanted me because I had a van. That, that's that's the kicker. <coughs> Do you have a van then? <laughs> yeah. Oh I, no, because we were working at, we were we were still that was about the time I got the van, which I still have incidentally. Um well I mean I'll go into that in a minute, but the van thing was like a whole other like weird nightmare for trying to get that to an island like um that, that van has never been the same after all the stuff we put in it i it's never been so fully loaded that van. <laughs> like, there wasn't a square a square <clears throat> inch in that van that didn't have something in it well i know like i remember um your your girlfriend at the time um sat in the back with like a buzzsaw blade, like yeah. next to her face. Yeah. And I'm thinking that like this, how, how well can this end? Like we had to, we had to pack them in. I, I I remember coming, we were coming back from the Isle of Man because they have uh, different gun laws in the Isle of Man. Um, do you remember coming through customs, if you like, back into the UK? I do. Because- uh, And we did, I mean, we'd been living in a prison for three weeks. Like, yeah. so we didn't exactly look like you know, clean, like, you know, well, well represented gentlemen, did we? We looked, we looked like, you know, homeless people who'd stolen yep. a van. Um, <laughs> but no, no, none, I've never had a greater fear than coming through customs and the guy that, and then wanting to unpack and repack the van. Oh. Cause like if, and they took one look, thankfully they took one look at it and went, 
yeah, I'm not going to do that. And then, and yeah. then close the, close the doors. But... They were basically like, we'll be here all fucking day. Like, you know, it's not happening. Yeah. Um, it, but, it wasn't even as if everything was in flight cases. It was all individual. Oh tiny, yeah. Like, stupid items packed in. like <laughs> I mean, so, um, I mean, we've gone into kind of how you got involved in Slash Housing, I guess, um, which was kind of going to be my it's next because I had a van. Um, well, no, I mean, you were, so <laughs> you wanted to, you you, you were going to work on it as like a prop builder, essentially, was your was your interest at the time, I remember. You yeah. kind of said, oh, well, you know, I'd love to build some, some props and stuff for it. I remember that being quite, not late in the day, but like, I'm thinking how are we going to do build all these things and you kind of went well, what do you want and i showed you the um the drawings and stuff and you said oh, i can do that i remember we went up to like an old woodyard to buy supplies yeah that yeah. that place i wish i lived near that place or i could find the local equivalent of that place because he was great he had all sorts of bits the um that electric chair the middle bit of that electric chair was the uh, the kingpin from a from an old church or something that yeah. like the apex from the frame um that was, uh, was fantastic and i think it was a, it was around that time that we kind of um we, that we were preparing mm -hmm. that, uh, that we, it made just made loads of sense for you for you to play the character because you one you were going to be there anyway like and like i say it, it was completely written based on your kind of um your mannerisms and your kind of, um, I guess, uh, grumpiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, you know, it was uh, it was definitely written around your kind of like um, stoic. Stoic's the word I'm looking for. Personality, I guess. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a compliment. Yeah, yeah, of course. You were, like, um, <clears throat> you were like the guy chopping logs in the yard that you don't know whether you should approach them. You know, like, um, but I mean, and this is back then. So I mean, you know, you live out, you literally live out in the the log chopping capital of the world now, don't you? So I do now. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's crazy. But yeah, we've got we've, there's a giant stables attached to the house, which is filled with all sorts of weird hoeing equipment and peat cutting knives and it's it, i mean it is like something out of out of a horror film. that's what they say <laughs> um so yeah i mean uh so I, I guess to reiterate so we met on creepsville um we'd been in we'd been in two separate bands i think at the time yeah so this is a thing i wanted to discuss <laughs> i guess that's this is a good opportunity for it but preston didn't really have a film scene um in like circa 2008 2009 um but it had a huge music scene like everyone was in a band like every, yeah. you know what i mean every person you talk to it's like the la um of england for uh, but instead of saying oh hey what do you do and everyone says i'm an actor it was uh yeah. impressed and you go what do you do i'm in a band or yeah. if you're a drummer i'm in eight bands you know like <laughs> um, so it's kind of like that that kind of thing um and so like it was a, for me personally as a filmmaker i found that it was a really good opportunity to work with people who were outgoing um and who could perform but didn't have like the baggage of basically being like an actor which like a lot of the time comes with you know um 
especially like, especially actors early on in their career who like um you know they there's they, that comes with a lot of like well i'm an actor and everything should be this way and should be that way and i want this and i want you know your, well, your yeah. contempt for the acting classes is is showing through well i mean <laughs> like, um <clears throat> but uh yeah like you know so drawn from the music scene for not just actors but for a lot of things um was really really like um i think like my greatest weapon at the time if you know what i mean like i do i mean i moved to preston from surrey because um because of the music scene i landed in there on a, on a chance encounter effectively and, and went this is amazing there's other people that all like proper music and yeah and, and I find myself in a band, and it is, to be honest, it's a period that I, I definitely look back on fondly. The whole, you know, I was I was hammered 99% of the time. And <laughs> I think uh, I think ultimately I liked the um, I liked the process of writing music and and performing and all that. I think ultimately, um, like I mean, I I don't know whether yeah, you know, we were so. Subject seven and you will fail crossed over, I think, didn't they? Because uh, you we, we played you or you played with you will fail at you will fail's last gig in Harrogate. Yeah, that sounds right. We blew up all the amplifiers. Yeah, I vaguely remember. Yeah, was that the last last gig? That was our last ever gig, yeah. Because and it was partly exacerbated by the fact because we blew up all the amplifiers, um, because we were so rock. Um, we we didn't have any money to buy more amplifiers, so it <laughs> we I mean, kind of went. Oh yeah, it's run its course now. But I think um, yeah, that was, that was in the early days of Subject Seven, I think, because um, we were we were still at the the case where we were like we didn't have enough material to do a half hour set, so we were like blagging together new songs the night before just to fill the time, kind of. Um, oh wow. Kind of thing. Um, Half an hour, that seems that seems crazy. Like we yeah, we used to do half an hour set with like four songs. But yeah. then, you know, the band that I played in recently, we would do a three hour set. Yeah. And and and, and admittedly it's you know folk music covers, but we would just play and play and play and play and play until yeah. you know various bits of us fell off. But uh well so from there I think we did about two hundred and odd shows um in the space mm. of like two and a half, three years. Um wow. and Honestly, it just every, every time I felt like you lose a little bit more yourself, like in terms of like you'd meet other bands who were just pure dicks or like, you know, you'd meet a promoter who's just been screwing you over or like, or you'd, you'd travel 10 hours, wait four hours and then play to three people, you know, because no one had promoted the night properly or, you know, and yeah. it just went on and on and on. And I think by the end of it, I just became so cynical um, that when um, when the band kind of drifted apart, I was like, it's not interesting. Yeah. Again. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting is, is, yes, everything you just said is true. And when we were gigging, it, especially with the like uh, unsigned covers bands, you know, doing that sort of thing, you're doing half hour sets. It was it was full of people who were all going to make it and they were all just walking ego. But then when we made the move into doing basically covers, um, but 
doing our own arrangements of more traditional tunes. We're, we're a covers band, so we did longer sets, but we're, the scene changed dramatically. Yeah. Because everyone, predominantly, when you go to covers bands, it tends to be, you know, a bunch of old boys who are doing Black Sabbath covers, and they just want to turn up, play the gig and go home. There's no ego about it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it became a much more enjoyable experience. And it, yeah, I mean, it was just a case of putting the hours in, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, I think um, I moved to writing scores for films. Um, oh, wow. So, obviously, I, suddenly that just scratched, like, I didn't feel the need to, to go and, you know, spend hours on the road, you know, away from, from Anna and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, yeah. like, um, and spending three nights a week, tra you know, traveling and gigging and running my voice ragged and then not being able to speak for the rest of the week you know and all that kind of stuff and I just one, one of the best gigs we did was like that we got a gig at the um the Ogre MC motorcycle club at um Kemple Airfield in Gloucestershire it was a random do uh, in fact it was you ever watched Scrap Heap Challenge no You've never watched Scrap Heap Challenge? I mean, I know what it is, but yeah. I don't watch Scrap Heap Challenge. <laughs> There's a dude on Scrap Heap Challenge called Bowser, and he was at this biker rally, and he booked us for this gig. And we travelled. It was, it was four hours there in two separate cars, and then we played, played this gig in this crazy, like, Scrap Heap Challenge-esque built bunker, and then, and then we drove back again for, like, 500 quid. But that's all of these gigs that we've done, every, every one of them, uh comes with some sort of a story or you know yeah. it's all experience i'm not gonna i, I mean I, like i look back on it fondly um i mean i think but you know it's a little bit bittersweet as well because i think that a lot a lot of the time I, when you write songs i feel like they're quite important so i think that um because you put a lot of your personality into it and i think sometimes when a band disbands those songs kind of could just disappear forever like do you know what i mean and that, that well, it's like when you mentioned sawny bean to me before um i uh because our, our band had a song about sawny bean that I, i'm not gonna lie i'd completely forgotten about because it wasn't we had we had an ep which had i think four songs or five songs on it so all of the other ones that we wrote i mean i found little like cheat sheets for songs that i'd forgotten existed yeah. let alone out of play you know and so there's a little bit of a bittersweet thing for for me there. I feel like so many things have been lost a little bit. So I feel it's a little bit like dealing with the death, I suppose. You look back on the good times, but ultimately it's just like um, a lot of those things aren't there anymore, they, you know, if that makes well, sense. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the Preston scene as it was is not there. No. Um, I, I am surprised and dismayed to an extent that not more bands came out of that scene. To, to a wider audience. I mean, people like, you know, like Biffy Clyro passed through it and uh, yeah. because you know, they played at the same venues, uh, one or two, I mean, Massive Wagons again. Yeah. <clears throat> no Massive well, we Wagons. We played with those guys a few times. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it was obvious that they were going to go somewhere, I think. Did you see that, you know, the pub with the uh, giant mural on the side? Have you seen that? The ship? No, uh, Mad Ferret? No, in Lancaster, there's a there's oh. they've got their album cover painted on the side of a pub. Oh, I, I know which one you mean. I think we played yeah. there a couple of times. Well, a I I were I was barman in that pub for more six years. Um, so I remember massive wagons coming in when they were like spotty kids, 
going, can we have a gig, please? And we put them on and they did like ACDC covers and they were all right. And, you know, they kept going back, kept getting better, bigger, better, a bit more. Yeah. And um, I well, they, I they did a five stadium tour with Lynn Skinner. Sorry. I directed a music video with the lead singer in it, but he was um, he was playing bass in Prometheum at the time when I was oh, doing wow, their first that. music video. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, we played with them uh, at the Ferret a few times. Um, I think we played with them at um, SOS Festival, and yeah, they're just good. They're good lads. I think we played with them at um, Out of the Ashes Festival. And I might, I might be thinking of someone else. No, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I did, they, they were just good, fun lads. And to be honest, when I talk about meeting Pete bands that were dicks and stuff, they they were they were like always the counterpoint to that. Definitely. You know what I mean? But they were definitely yeah. people like them who like you turn up and they just full of attitude, like or like you know, it's just the you felt the scene corroding, like I, I definitely I, like um, in kind of like the early two thousand tens. You could feel it on its way out like and everyone was thrashing to you know pun intended to uh <laughs> you know um to to kind of be the top dog and it was just all a bit it all kind of started to feel a bit sad i think like and we, when we came when when we uh i'm gonna say lost battle of the bands but nobody wins battle of the bands um when well, we didn't win battle of the bands that was a bit of a hit because we played this, I mean, that place was absolutely rammed for Battle of Bands. And then there was, we played for the Radio One big weekend thing that came. So there were a lot of like, and this is, it plays into the heart of that, oh, we're all going to make it sort of mentality. When the Radio One people were there, we all thought we were going to make it. And at the end of that, this sort of, it went away and it didn't take anybody with it. And there was this despondency and it sort of just ended, really. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, we talked about bands. I mean, no, but I mean, that's a good thing to talk about because it, it certainly leads into what, you know, where we came from and stuff. And I think, um, I mean, if it hadn't been for our band, because like, the, I think our bands actually shared a practice room for ages as we well. Certainly for a while, yeah. 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 Um, and there was like this amazing, I always talk about this when people go, like, when people complain about competition and like go, like, Oh, there's too much competition out there or whatever or like um or like you know when people like are like um afraid of like you know other filmmakers and stuff i always yeah. talk about our bands um because there was like this like like friendly rivalry between us that i really enjoyed if you know what i mean like do you know what i mean like i remember i mean that the, the mill used to be that was the the practice place that um because there were so many separate um units in there i mean this is this is one of the things i got dragged into the mill when i first arrived in preston come and look at this place you know, and every room had a band in it it wasn't they weren't empty yeah. units they had bands in them all yeah. the time every single so we used to go in on a sunday we had our whatever hour however many hours practice on a sunday and the place would be packed and um you know you'd, you'd play a tune and, and people would just stick their heads in going what sounding good and wander off and you know or, or sometimes every room had a sofa in it obviously so you know you They'd just come in and sit and chill. It was it was a really good so, boiling. And we all band name from the back of the toilet door. Everyone wanted to be like as good as each other, so everyone worked hard. Do you know what I mean? And it was always I, I loved that feeling about it. And I think, yeah. um, <clears throat> I mean, maybe it's because of where I come from in terms of finding a lot of my work ethic within that scene as well. That 
uh, it doesn't tend to translate to um, filmmakers, but um, I think they could learn a lot from that. Is that I think you know um, looking at your peers and using that as like propulsion to work harder and become better at what you're doing. And I think there was there was that was the best time in my life for that feeling. I think was when we were both sharing that that room together, um, and there was that like like I say like a rivalry, but it wasn't like keeping each other down. It was, oh, right. So, you know, they've got a new song, you know, this week, right. Well, we better get one out, you know, like, and it was kind of that kind of feeling. And I always really liked that. Um, but I think as well, um, you know, we carried that ethic over into filmmaking as well. Um, and I think, so, I mean, let's talk about, we'll quickly skip over Creepsville. So Creepsville, ill-fated, uh, feature that still isn't finished um so i've been trying to get uh it's uh, there's a full visual edit done but um most of the sound we had an i won't go into it <laughs> because i could talk about that all day but uh our sound guy wasn't particularly great on creepsville so but we didn't find this out till kind of way too late um and me being inexperienced i didn't know what to be looking for in fact i think it was only when you pulled it up in slash house that like I was like, right, because I mean, at the time, sound recording just wasn't my. Um, it was something I knew nothing about, so I yeah. assumed that uh, the job was being done properly. You know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know a huge amount of experience doing it, but um, we, uh, I, I mean, a lot of Creepsville stuff was shot outside, which didn't help. So there yeah, was background yeah. noise, traffic, and that sort of thing. Um, but there was a lot of ADR to do on it. So I, I think early on, um, Pete had said, we're going to have to ADR the whole thing. And I thought, oh, well, that's a bit of a bummer, but we can do that. Um, so, but then the challenge became getting people to come back and do their ADR. I mean, poor Helen, who's the female lead in it, she's recorded all of her dialogue twice. Like, oh, because we had a professional come and do it, and then, like... God knows what happened to all that stuff. I never saw that. Um, and then, so I had to come in and do it. I built a studio at our old house, like yeah. a recording studio. And it was all just really basic stuff, but it worked. And I had her come and re-record her, all of her dialogue again. Um, I think I had Anthea. And then suddenly it just kind of fell apart. Like I couldn't get, I couldn't seem to find a time to get Neil in. And then Andy moved like to Cumbria. Um, so then our plan was to record his stuff on uh, when he came to do cleaver um we were like right when he's here we'll record his adr and then we can get this film done and out there you know um and then uh, we ran over on cleaver so there wasn't enough time so then it was like right well when he comes to do the second one we'll record it then and then um he had to pull out of that last minute so that was the last time i saw him and uh so we never All got right. to record any of his so the film sat there and it's a visual cut, but it's just not polished in any way, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's a difficult... Also, I mean, it's one of those films where I made the big, big mistake. Again, I mean, I'd never made a film like th that size before, but um, I, uh, I didn't get any fucking location release forms signed or anything. So, <laughs> like, if I try and put this film out in the world, God knows what litigation is going to come my way. Do you know what I mean? Like... So it's just, it, it's become a bit of a, I mean, not to also mention the fact that in 2009, we shot it in standard definition video. Um, and then 
the HD revolution literally happened like overnight, like, you know, in the beginning of 2010, suddenly HD cameras became accessible and affordable, like within the space of like a month. Yeah, my, my, my brother, he, uh, he, he, he went to, um, uh, not Sheffield, he went to, he went to university and he did fil uh, film at university. And he came off the back of that and he sort of put in a all of his money into a load of equipment. And then two years later, it was completely obsolete. So we got, yeah. we got some nice, you know, it still records on tape, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, um, and I remember, because we were shooting on HD cameras, but um, we couldn't afford the HD tape stock. So yeah. we were shooting like a HD image, but downsized to an SD um, tape. So like, when I, I mean, back then, I wasn't sure I quite understood how it was working. So my assumption was that if we had an HD signal, but obviously I now understand that because it was going to, it was being written to a standard definition format. There was no, there's no way to really increase that quality. Well, you can, but, you know, you will build some loss there. So that caused mm -hmm. a lot of problems as well. So now I've got a standard definition film that's got like no ADR or um, usable dialogue on it, um, you know, and it's just sat there like, and I don't know, I don't know how to fix it. So I haven't, <laughs> is, the, is the long story short. Well, you, you could consider it a, a lost leader because of all the lessons that you learned while making Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, I do keep thinking that at some point I might just release the work print of it and go like, that's kind of, you get the picture, you know what I mean? Like, because well, you, you, you've seen bad taste, haven't you? I have, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate the film, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I'd like, to get it, yeah, I'd like to at least get it to a level where I don't feel comfortable because I do think it's a really good film, like, uh, because I spent years kind of developing it, and then, um, we had another writer on it called Paul Thomas, um, who helped me kind of flatten the story out he was supposed to do some rewrites on it but i didn't work out for whatever reason um actually he's the first guy who played thorn as well uh, in the short film version we did oh yeah 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 um but yeah anyway so um so but because i've been over this a bunch of times but because Creep, creepsville was i was told it was going to take 18 months to get a final cut together so i thought that's a long time um so my intention was, I thought, right, well, I'm going to, I've got this script for Slash Rouse that I've had for years. Like, let's try and get that going. And so we did. Yeah. Um, so not a lot of people know this, but I'll tell you something, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> so we shot it on, a, <laughs> but, uh, so we shot it on, um, on the Isle of Man, um, which is a country adjacent to our country. They're not part of the UK, as they have announced quite, uh, feverishly this week yeah. um, but uh good good for them <laughs> um but so yeah we got access to a location and we got it on the cheap um because of adam's parents uh, well adam knew someone who worked there so he went yeah. and they basically said seven grand a week for for the for the, for the thing and we said we ha we don't have that as an entire budget, so they f they took pity on us and said, "Look, like we'll do it for fifteen hundred for three weeks, um, you know, basically five hundred a week, um, yeah. 
because you're students, you know, and we were like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, well, because I think Adam technically was a student at the time. So we kind of... Yeah, he was doing engineering at, uh, yeah, at so UCLA. We, we got a pass on that, didn't we, a little bit. So we were like, okay, that's like a third of our budget, though, and we have to go to another country. So that's yeah. like, that was a bit of a problem. But then it was also to take a commercial van, which we would have been classed as, it would have cost us, I think, about another £2,000 to take a commercial vehicle there. So yeah. I don't know where you remember what we did, but we classed ourselves as a camper van. Yeah. Uh, and then I don't know whether you remember us coming up with this like insane story about why we were going out to the Isle of Man um, in case anyone asked us. Bell. Because Go we on. had to have like a... Because obviously we looked like we were going to make a fucking film. Um, yeah. So we were like, oh, we're all old friends from university. We decided to meet up for a little camp out. Like, and that was like our story. If anyone asked, and I remember us all sitting down and getting our story straight before we went and drove onto this ferry. And <laughs> well, like, where, where well, were you camping? Uh, uh, Victoria Road Prison. <laughs> well, the difference was we paid like £300 to get the van over there when it would have cost yeah. us like two grand otherwise. Like, and I mean, you do what you got to do when you're trying to make a film. I mean, we were quite lucky that, um, so like Eleanor went, well, I'll, she agreed to pay for her own flight. She didn't want to come over in the car. So she yeah. said, I'll fly over, but I'll pay for myself. Um, and that was kind of her investment in it. I think Andy did the same. Um, and then I think we had to pay for a couple of other people to come out. Um, but, you know, for a lot of, for the most part, we we as the main crew went there, and then I think a couple of other adjacents flew in and paid to to fly to fly over rather than take the air. Uh, I remember I picked him I picked him up from the airport because because it was my vehicle it was the only vehicle that we had, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I remember picking him up from the airport, and there's no speed limits in the Isle of Man. Of course, there isn't. No. Um, and so I was, there's a dead straight road back from the, back from the, the airport. So I'm gassing it down doing, you know, 100 miles an hour down this, down this back road. He's going, you know, a bit of a boy race are you, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no, there's no speed limit, it's fine. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, so we've spent half the budget before we even got there, though, I think, um, just on prisons and, um, and what you call it, uh, kind of getting the van over there. Yeah. Um, and then I remember I bought um, the camera and stuff on like an Argus card um, so that we didn't have to, that didn't have to come directly out of like, because I think by that point we had about four grand. Uh, so I remember buying that on the Argus card that I was like, I'll pay that off later. Um, you know, so that we had a nice HD camera and a lens that we could shoot on. Um, but I didn't have a clue how to, how to use it, so we went and shot like a practice film in the first week. Do you remember that? No, I've, yeah, vaguely. I think I was I was busy making props. I think at that point. Were, yeah. well, so we, this is the first time and the last time I've ever got to do anything like that. But we spent the, the first week just prepping before we before we shot. It was five yeah. days, I think. So we got there on the Sunday night and got the keys on the Monday morning. I remember us all sleeping outside the prison. Like, um, I remember the sound guy uh, curled up underneath the tree. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and the and the, the, ho- the home office arriving in the morning. Yeah, and we yeah. looked like shit. Like, because <laughs> we've been sleeping in this van. Well, I say sleeping in this van. We didn't sleep, did we? Because there was nowhere to sleep. So we were just oh, kind yeah. of sitting in the seats waiting for the morning to come. But I remember uh, we went off to get breakfast. That was on the way out. That was uh, that breakfast. I was about to mention that the um, that was on the way home. So we just finished the the set where we've been living off, you know, peanut butter sandwiches the entire time. So we, on the first day, we had the same breakfast, though. Do you not remember? No, I only remember the one at the other no. end because I remember it yeah, being we went, we went and got one, and it was amazing. And then we had to wait two weeks, and then we were like, we're getting another one of those breakfasts on the way out, like. It was. Uh, no, I, I remember, I don't it was remember the first night. one. I remember the second one. Because <laughs> uh, they did a uh, white pudding. It was the first time I'd ever had it. Um, I don't remember. They did uh, no, like so. No. You could get um, you could get a full English or a full Irish, um, at this place. And How then, do you remember this? Oh man, I remember everything about food. Like, <laughs> um, and they did white pudding and soda bread with the Irish one, and it was like, oh, it's the best. Anyway. Because I'll just I'll just turn this into a, a food show. So, uh, yeah. So that was kind of how we got there, and uh, and then like I guess we had a couple of grand just to feed everyone and get any props we needed. We bought quite a lot of equipment, I think, as well. Um, yeah, there was quite a lot of bits because there was a B and Q. Um, I mean, we, to be honest, we were extremely lucky. I don't quite know how. Uh, well, how I would have made half the things I made without the contents of the works department. Yeah. Because the, the the prison home office people said, uh, yeah, well, anything here that you can make use of, the whole building's going to be pulled down. You just make use of it. Yeah. And so the the old works guy that, you know, he had a, oh, I presume it was a he, had a little workshop. Um and there was and there was like a materials store as well, which had loads of loads of materials. And there were I don't think there was much in the way of tools, but there were lots in the way of like little pots of washers and s- screws and things, stuff we could use. Um, and so a lot of a lot of bits and bobs were made out of made out of the stuff that we found. I mean, we only really took the the mask box and the electric chair with us. And the swords, I think. Oh no, we, oh, yeah, we yeah. took the prototype swords, but then I remember halfway through you went, oh, I found some good wood. I can make some better swords. And then I yeah, I remember working on the swords. Because they were the um, big, we made the big plastic ones because I'd drawn them and I imagined them to be like, you know, like the size of a machete. Yeah. And then when I turned up to the house, you were like, here you go. And they were like, you know, <laughs> these gigantic, like two meter long swords and i was like okay but you'd made them out of plastic so they had a little bit of a wobble to them and i was like that's fine but you you couldn't let it go so i remember you templating these swords onto wood and then blasting out full solid wooden versions of these huge blades. yeah i remember we, we we i remember breaking one of them the handle we broke to, on one of them we had no way we well i remember we had to cut one in half to kill adam yeah, him to the wall, and he had this big hook that went over his shoulder through his shirt. I was good. I've really enjoyed that. That was a. Uh, that's what it, killed me as well. That sword. It was. Yeah, well, it killed everybody. That you know. Oh, that's, that's true, I suppose. Yeah. People, uh, they were just brutal, um, but they were massive. Like I never, when I was writing it, I expected them to be kind of like large-ish machetes, but they are like 
out of Final Fantasy kind of size. Aren't my, they? my two favorite things about that about I mean there were there were an awful lot of terrible things about that film shoot, but my two favorite things are easily when Thorn kicks the gate off. Do you remember that? I do. I tell everyone that story all the time. Setting up with the pulleys and the pool table flip. We did, yo, the pool table flip was amazing. But I remember um, when we were doing, this is this is one of my onset stories that I tell all the time about that time when I wound you up about. So I don't know if you remember the shot where he kicks the door off, but it comes from behind the wall. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was hiding halfway up the stairs. And uh, because we were going to do it in front of the door, but we tested it and like it would have murdered anyone who was there. <laughs> Yeah. So I did it from behind the wall and I came panning out to give it a little bit more depth. So the shot starts on black and then comes out. Yeah. And, uh, I remember recording it. You pulled this door. It went everywhere. And you were like, I don't think we can do that again. That's pulled all the, the pieces off the wall and everything. And I was like, all right. And you went, can I have a look at it? And I remember pre like loading the shot up and it starts on black. <laughs> I remember my mind going, I've got him here. And I went, oh, shit, mate. I said, I left the lens cap on. And you were like, oh, are you serious? <laughs> and then I pressed play on it and it panned out. But I remember, and I tell everyone that story all the time about how I... No, yeah, I remember that, yeah. It was Cheers. good. That's good. That's a good memory. Yeah. I mean... I've got I mean, one yeah. shot. One shot to move this, what, 400-weight gate. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, the pool table flipped worked really well. So I, I thought I was going to have to paint out a bunch of stuff, but no, you actually couldn't see it because um, yeah. the rope was red. Yeah. So all I did is like sucked the red out of the image. Yeah. It completely disappeared. Like I just so inadvertently green screened it with with the only rope that we happened to have, which was the bright red. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It looked really, really good. That's one of my favourite bits. And it's pointless in the film. He comes walking along and just goes like, fuck this pool table. Like, <laughs> no reason. It's not in his way or anything. Yeah. But, ah, it was good. It was good. Well, we, I mean, we wouldn't, that wouldn't have been there. I mean, that shot wouldn't have been in there or the pool table flip wouldn't have been in if there, well, there hadn't been a pool table. I mean, we, yeah. I mean, we rigged it. Oh, I don't know. Can I tell the secrets? I mean, we, you know, yeah, yeah, we, we took well, the slate out of it. Um, because it weighed a but, fucking fuck ton, didn't it? Like, well, yeah, we took the slate out of it and put it in that haunted room. Yeah, and then uh, so just out of shot, sort of up and to the left, there's about the prison balcony. There's me and Adam, and a, we had two little like block and tackle pulley set up. Yeah, and and when as soon as he came past, we just had to haul on these ropes. I didn't know whether the ropes were going to stretch or break or well, it, yeah, it worked. But again, it was one of those we've only got one shot to do this, <coughs> and it worked perfectly. I'm, yes, like I say, favourite two bits, that gate smash and the... Uh... Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I mean, by the end of it, because I think the first half of the film, uh, you were you were working, we had to radio down to say silence because you could hear it echoing across the building. Yeah. Uh, so we'd be like, you could hear, we go, quiet, <clears throat> stop. But then that was causing loads of problems, I think. Uh, but then you were um, you were like down down building a chair or, or you know or, or whatever or putting a gate rail together and then suddenly we'd be like we need you you'd come up do like a scene and then you'd be back down um, 
I'll never forget a thing you said to me on set. Like it's one of the, those things. That's kind of, I remember at the end of like day five, you came up to me and were like, you said, you know, when you've been walking around all day and your feet hurt, yeah, you know, like really ache. And I said, yeah. And you said, my hands feel like that. And I was <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> like, I know. I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember me falling asleep in the chair? Oh yeah. Yeah. Was well. I mean, it was. It was. But. I, again, I look back on it with fondness. It was horrible at the time, but, uh, but it's like yeah, now. it's like when you go on a mountaineering expedition, you you kind of it's grueling and horrible, and you might die, and then you get to the top and you go, oh sorry, you get to the top and then you get to the bottom again and go home, have a nice hot bath, and you go, that was amazing. Well, like it was like it genuinely was like a once in a lifetime experience, wasn't it? Yeah. Like by the end of it, because you would you, because by the end of it there was much less for you to build, you kind of became like the de facto first ad really like um but that was good it was good but because i remember we got to like the last three days and they were like our contingency days where that we put aside in case we ran over and then in case we, in case we then, set off all the fire alarms and, the, and had yeah. to deal with do you remember that yeah <laughs> just awful like all the different like there was just so many different things i remember everyone running around the building trying to figure out where the plumbing was coming from for ages um oh yeah because there was no water or anything when we arrived yeah, like there? so we were trying to figure out how to get hot water into at least one of the rooms um, yeah. i think cold water was odd enough well yeah yeah um but yeah it was just it was insane because we basically got given like a prison complex and three weeks to make a yeah. film um and i'll be honest i didn't fucking have a clue what i was doing like and i just picked up a camera that i'd never used before but it was also um the dslr i was like we i think slash house was the first uh feature-length film shot on like a entry-level dslr um i thought it wasn't the first released but then i found out that the film that i thought had been released before ours didn't get a proper release it just had a premiere so i was like boom so we were the first ours is the first ever yeah 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 so we were the first film shot in an entry-level dslr that got like a, a release. Although I think there might have been like uh, the odd thing before us, but yeah. That's pretty um, cool. It is, it is. We've shot in a 550D, which cost about nearly a thousand pounds for that and a, a 50 millimeter lens at the time. There we go. Um, I've got my trusty 600 here. No one can see that. That's the 750D actually, but yeah. <laughs> my 600 that I shot uh, Legacy of Thorn on. I'm still not, because um, the, the problem, or the big problem with shooting on a uh, DSLR is SD space and battery life. Yeah. So do you uh, remember having to ferry it up? Well, you obviously remember, but having to well, ferry batteries and SD like, cards. We had like a, like a system, didn't we, where uh, someone would take the battery, go drop it off and bring another one down. But we had three on rotation all the time. Yeah, yeah. But in a prison, you've got to come like out of like a huge prison building across the courtyard into like the office building that we were using in offices, go up like three flights of stairs to the office where all the fucking film equipment is, take yeah. a battery out, plug one in, then do all that back. And it was just fucking, but I, I, I mean, do you remember how much fucking weight we lost on that fucking set? I, I remember there was a, towards the end, because we, we weren't eating a huge amount either. And I wasn't drinking at all. So we my, were eating my healthily as well, like, which is, was, wasn't like me. We were eating like proper cooked dinners. But my my well, I normally eat cooked dinners. But my um, 
my beer consumption went from lots to zero. Well, I remember because um, it was graft the whole time. So about two and a half weeks in, I decided to change my clothes. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember stat- I sort of caught my own reflection in the in the window of the van. I went, what, what the, what's this? I've got like six pack. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I, I remember losing so much weight. It immediately put it back on. You can see towards the end of the film, you can, your first scenes where your shoulders are quite slopy. And then uh, just before you get killed by Thorn, like the, you've definitely lost some like weight off your arms. You can see it. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you've dropped like a stone in that like week and a half. It was, uh, you know, it was funny. Um, I remember, um, I remember doing push-ups every morning while we were there, and then towards the end, I was like doing push-ups, and I was like, oh, my stomach's like, like right up there, like you know, like there's like no hat, like there's there's no excess to it at all. I was like, whoa, you know. Uh, but I also remember we had like a a pull bath to, um, for the creature to stabilize while it was on the. Oh stomach. yeah, 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 and. Uh, I remember just literally fucking hanging upside down on that thing all day long. Like whenever someone was talking to me, I'd be like, hang on, upside down on this fucking uh, pull bar. I'm trying to remember what, um, what month was it? It was the end of July. I was going to say, because I remember it being, we arrived it being warm. on the 1st of August and there was like a couple of like um, extras or like side characters who who thought we were shooting on the 1st of August still, because obviously our plan was to shoot the rest of the stuff when we got back. Um, and obviously that early on, we realised that wasn't happening. But uh, obviously there was like two actors who hadn't been notified. Who were like, they were just very small roles, like, like you know, like extra, like police officers, I think. And I remember getting an email, like, as we were coming back on, we're still shooting tomorrow. I was like, no, no. <laughs> like, done it, sorry. I've been told, you know. <clears throat> Um, but I mean, like I say, it was a fucking, it was a hell of experience. Like, um, I mean, I should, we should probably quickly go into, uh, Corbin as a character because he's like a huge, huge fan favorite. Like all I get is where's the Corbin movie? Like, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. It's true. It's true. It is true. It's true. Um, and it's weird because he's just the only one. That we ended up not making a movie out of in the end, um, but I don't know why. Really, That's I guess. Milton Keynes. Well, I mean that didn't help. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think with Corbin, I'd always had an idea for a film, but it was never really like a feature. If you know what I mean, or if it was, it would just be so like I, it would be so stretched out. Um, but I always had a cool idea for a Corbin film. I still do. Um, I know we've talked about it a couple of times um, about getting it going. So, I mean, who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm well, like, we are kind of waiting on the uh, landscape to shift somewhat, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've got a feeling that, you know, fingers crossed and... Uh, it's 621 that. miles. That's nothing. It takes 21 hours, 51 minutes by train. To get from my house to your house. That makes me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we do. Um, but I mean, um, you know, I can't see why 
we couldn't make I've got a feeling that once all this has kind of subsided I'm going to want to do a lot more stuff than I was previously doing I think um, because I've I haven't made a, a proper a feature film in like you must be like a coiled spring I believe it I, I cannot tell you I've written five feature scripts in this time oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and, and made a, we made a short film as well <clears throat> with me and Anna, because uh, we just couldn't do anything else so we're like fuck it we'll just make a film okay <clears throat> you know um, <clears throat> but yeah so um I mean, in terms of Corbin, Abby, what was it like for you playing the character? Um, well, so, I mean, the whole thing was, uh, I think, I don't think typecast is the right word, but well, you think, think it is. But um, we're on set because I was doing all the building and all of the sort of things that Corbin might do. It was, it was a bit odd. It was, it was as if it was just me doing brain saw things it was it wasn't a whole lot of acting it was uh, well I, I, I remember there was like a real shift towards you just becoming the character by the time <clears throat> we were done like you wouldn't take the cap off and like you know it was... I, I wore well no I didn't wear I wore that cap until it died and then I got another identical cap and I wore that until it was complete threadbare nothing and then uh and then somebody gave me another so I've had three near identical caps that I wear on on a daily basis, and it's only recently that I've switched to a flat cap. But wow. until until Corbin, I never wore a hat. So. I remember suddenly you wouldn't take the hat off, like you know, it's like the hat is part of me now. <laughs> I like the hat. Um, well, yeah, it was good. It was good. It was. Uh, I, I I mean, like I say, the character was kind of written with your mannerisms and stuff in mind, anyway, but. <clears throat> you gradually like completing your transformation into Corbin by the end of the shoot was uh it was fun it was good it was fun to see it's probably it? more obvious to you than it was to me because I was maybe just, yeah yeah um <laughs> but no it was uh I mean he's like I say he's a fan favorite like you know I think um you it's weird because like I can't imagine Corbin ever being any other way like you know, he just, your performance completely embodied everything that I imagined about that character, if you know what I mean. I, I can't, like I say, can only take that as a compliment, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, you should. Uh, I, I, my, my main, the, the thing I take away from it is he finds everything interesting. Like, interesting. everything is interesting. <laughs> oh, this is of interest to me, you know, like... <laughs> It's <laughs> just, it's just a, a great character. Like, uh, like, he, like, he does need revisiting. Um, more, you know what I mean. I've, um, I've never shied away from the from the notion of doing well, it. I mean, that brings me on to my next subject, really, which was so. I found a way to bring Corbin back for Slash House Two, um, and like, for some reason. <laughs> You agreed to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, well, why wouldn't I?" Well, I mean, there was a there was a moment where because it wasn't going to work out, I don't think. Uh, early on, I got in touch and I said, "Like, you know, all right, I've written this scene for Corbin, but I don't know whether you want to." Um, I think, uh, I, yeah, about that time, I, I wasn't having a particularly uh, dandy. Think, well, 
there was a lot of logistics logistical issues i think um, yeah there was yeah i think financial issues at my end as well yeah um, <clears throat> and i remember kind of coming away and i was like i was a bit sad about it um and it was literally as we were doing the read-throughs for the final film um that i said anna said what are we gonna do about the corbin bit then um because basically the I'd, my plan had been to just like maybe write a new character or something to put in that space uh but i was like it just doesn't work and so like this is something i never do like so if an actor usually says to me like no i don't i can't do it like i usually kind of take that as okay that's that done but i couldn't let it go <laughs> i remember emailing you and going I just want to double check. <laughs> you don't want I remember because you asked me and I said I said no, it's too it's too much uh there's too much at the moment. And then I remember um somewhat fortuitously I I got uh I think I got I got my redundancy and I ended up getting a better job. Yeah. And in that and in that time between you asked me the first time and then you asked me the second time, I'd sort of recovered, got a new house um and was yeah, back on, back on. Because I remember I, I drove down in my new car. I was well pleased. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I honestly, I was overjoyed that you you said you'd do it. Because, like, it's probably my favourite scene in the second film. Like, uh, I love it uh, on, on every level. It's just a callback to that character. Like, um, it ties it into the first film so much more than almost anything else. Um and it's so confusing to anyone who doesn't understand where the film's going. Yeah. I had so many people when we shared a picture of you going, how is Corbin going to be back? Like, um, I don't understand. And I had to keep completely quiet about it. Like, you know, I couldn't say, oh, well, it's for this reason, you know, like, so it was, um, so it, it was just one of those things where like, it really felt like, it had to be there and I was really I was really sad that we the, the thought we might have to quit out and so like I say like I just kind of thought oh, fuck it I'll just ask him again you know I, like I was over like I say I was absolutely overjoyed and like I say it's my favorite scene in the second film um you know and not a lot of people know this well I teach stuff for sweetheart no uh, not a lot of people know this but we shot in the same pub that they shot with nail and iron yeah, no, I, I remember that. And that was like, I didn't know that till we got there on the day. Anna had booked the location. So we got there and then I was like, they had a load of plaques and stuff on the wall. And I was like, that felt, that felt good. That felt like, you know, film history in the making, you know, they'll have the Slash House 2 plaque next to the, with nail and eye plaque. <laughs> <laughs> did, that, um, did that scene get filmed before the getting pulled into the back of the van scene? It did. Right, well, I'm glad you brought this up. So, in November, we shot the pub scene. You So you came down to us for that. Remember, you arrived the night before when we were shooting in, like, the fake graveyard that we built? Yeah, yeah, um, I slept in the car. And it was horrible. It was so fucking cold. And, like, mm. the, like there was not enough room to sleep in our house. So we had, like, people sharing beds. Um, you slept in your car. Um, all the stunt guys slept in the, our living room and there was literally nowhere for me to sleep because Anna and Georgie, I think, were sharing a bed. Um, so I was like, I just sat like on this little bit of couch that was left and I just sat there 
till the fucking sun came up. Like, <laughs> I had a cold as well. So I was like, I felt like shit. Like, and I was like, I'm just going to sit here then. So I did. I just sat in the dark with everyone sleeping, just waiting for the sun to come up. And then you knocked on the door and was like, can we should have a coffee? And like, that was the start of my next day. Um, and that, But it was a good scene. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I remember going to this pub. We had to go really early in the morning because they wanted us out by like 11, 12 o'clock. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember going there. There was nowhere to park outside. <laughs> um, but I mean, we got it done. And it was good. And it then we black out all the windows as well. I remember. I remember. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was night, a wasn't bit of a And then, um, but then we didn't get because I think the original plan was to get this stuff, but we just kept overrunning um, at the graveyard stuff. So um, there was a shot we needed to get of you getting dragged into a van. Um, it's about ten seconds of footage. Um, and a year later, five days before the handing on the film, we drove from Milton Keynes to Lancaster, which took us, because of traffic, I think six hours. Um, it probably is about six hours, yeah. It, well, it's usually it's usually like four to Preston and then half an hour from there. But because of traffic, it took us six hours to get there. Um, and then we got there. I remember we shot uh, your insert where you're in the back of the van um, for one of the screens, which took about two minutes. Not even that. Like, well, I remember throwing you in the van. Oh, no, we had... It wasn't that. We had you in the back of the van, and then we had you hold up the front of one of the containment units. I don't know whether you remember. Um, and then... Yeah, 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 yeah. Behind it. So we could get that insert for the other scene. Yeah. And then we drove down to like some little kind of industrial estate that you knew. Um, yeah, because I, I remember you. Um, we went to a couple of places because you left me in charge of finding a place where we could film it. I had no idea. So uh, yeah, we could go here. So yeah. yeah. So you brought the van down, um, and then my brother and my future brother-in-law. He wasn't my brother-in-law at the time, and Vermin Monkey. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he was he was one of like the the kind of mainstays of the Preston music scene, wasn't he? And for yeah. years I've been like, we've got to get him in a movie sometime. We've got to, got to, got to. And then I just said, is anyone local around to do this scene? Uh, he hasn't shaved since. <clears throat> what? He hasn't shaved since. I I I can believe it. He's, I've never I've never seen such a glorious beard. It's huge. Beard. I remember because he was wearing a mask, wasn't he? But it, so he had to like tuck it in behind yeah. the, uh, <laughs> behind this gas mask. Um, but yeah, so they played the um, the agents, and I remember the shot lasts about ten seconds. The van op you say a couple of lines, something like uh, something interesting. You go, how interesting! <laughs> like, and then the van opens. You got dragged inside. The van closed. And, that's uh, the van. That, that's 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 my van. Yeah, it was. It was the band from when we went and did the first yeah. one. <clears throat> and uh, and that was it. And then we drove yeah. like six hours back or whatever. Like, <laughs> it wasn't even six hours old. I remember it took longer to get back for some reason. But I remember like we were dying. We hadn't slept at all. Like, yeah. I remember just us desperately trying to stay awake. 
like counting the exits back home. It was, it was horrible, horrible. But I did also get, um, like an establishing an establishing shot for the graveyard while we were there, because just round the corner from where we shot, there was like a huge cemetery with some big gates, and I was like, oh. Where my, maybe it wasn't a cemetery. I think that, that is. They look like big cemetery gates around the back of this thing. It was, yeah, it was a cemetery. Um, um, I think I think that's actually the gates to a school, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Through the tunnel. Like, they, they, look, they look like big old cemetery yeah. gates, and I was like, yeah, oh, that... like, the, like you see on the Simpsons kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, so I remember getting like an establishing shot there while everyone was packing down. I like, was running around like a madman. Like, uh, but then I remember our audio thing didn't work. Um, and we didn't have any batteries for it. Vaguely um, recall that, yeah. Uh, so we had to record the audio on the camera. Um, so we were just doing like visual takes, but close up to get clean takes of the audio. And it worked out yeah. fine. It was like a, one of those kind of like in a pinch, how are we going to pull this off? So we just recorded like close video of all the lines and then dubbed yeah. them over afterwards to get rid of all like the background noise. And it worked perfectly. It was good. good. It was a good time. Um, and then I remember the, the opposite um, where she's walking to the bike. Um, we had like, we had like, um, we had like a stand in in your costume, come and stand um, mm -hmm. like close to the camera. And then Anna was in the red outfit. And like basically, we borrowed the bike off this guy and we just shot it around the back, like at the garage around the back of his house. Yeah. <laughs> and we framed it up to look like, you know, it could match. The, uh, yeah. the location, it worked perfectly. You know, it's one of those things. And it was insane. But um, we had like five days left to hand the film in for the, fe the festival we wanted to get it on at. Um, and I remember driving back, driving there and driving back. I was literally writing the score on like an iPad in the, like I had like, you know, like a MIDI keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Writing the score on the iPad, like in the car. Like I'm going. I've right. always been thoroughly in awe of just the amount of hours you put in. Are you standing up now? I am. Yeah. See, I, I can't. I mean, you just never sit down or stop. Or I do actually. Oh, well, I, I won't talk about this much on here, but I've been sitting down too much recently, and I think I've caused myself a disservice. Oh right. <laughs> uh, so now it's, but I used to do have a standing desk all the time, so I've gone back to that for the for the office. So. I just just the, just the hours i mean i if i'd have done that i would have well i'd probably been driving but um i i wouldn't have been working on the way home i don't think oh you got to you got to all the time every waking hour i mean i would work 24 hours a day if yeah. if i could if i could just remove sleep entirely from my human process it does feel a bit like wasted hours i mean i'm doing i'm doing similar things at the minute cuz i'm i've got a day job and um and like I say we're trying to launch this other business so i'm up until the wee smalls most days and then up early for the day job so it is it's starting to to wear a bit thin to be honest with you although yeah, half day I, friday so it's all good i mean i do get tired like i mean what what tends to happen is that i like I, like every three weeks or so mm -hmm. i'll just like go into like a deep coma for about four or five hours like <laughs> i'll or i'll wake up at like you know, eight o'clock in the morning and be like, what time is it? What's going on? Because obviously I wake up at like five o'clock every day. Like, yeah. you know, so 
if I sleep in, you know, it's because I'm dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> <clears throat> it's uh, but yeah, it's uh, you got it. So I mean, uh, we'll I'll, we'll 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 kind of bring it down. Um, so I mean, usually I ask people what's next, but I I mean I guess we'll just talk about what's next for us. Um, so I mean, you're coming back for Slash House three. If there's a slot for me, obviously. I mean, I've written the part, mate. Um, yeah, I think well, yeah. We did a read through, but I, I, I think our schedules didn't work out for some reason. Um, in terms oh, of, yeah, because you messaged yeah. me afterwards and said I really wanted to be there, but obviously, you, you know, it couldn't. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. Actually, it might be bedtime. No, it's, it's not important. Like, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's. Uh, but yeah, no, so Corbin is is back. Um, have you, have, you've read the script, I assume. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I won't say <laughs> I, I won't spoil the context of, of in which Corbin returns, but it's a uh, again, it might be my favourite scene in the film. I think uh, I don't know how that keeps happening, uh, but yeah, no, you, you you're playing into the. Uh into the, the people who want Corbyn to return, which is everybody except Corbyn. <laughs> well, I mean, let's not, let's not, uh, let's not count anything out. Uh, you know, um, I do have like a Corbyn, I'd call it like a mini feature. So it's not quite a short film, but it's not quite a feature length, you know, 90 minute movie. It's probably about 45 minutes worth of, but there is a, we've talked about this a couple of times over the years, um, I think, but there is, I do have this, Corbin film kind of floating around in the old. You you have an airport. That's uh, you know I can come down. <laughs> well, I mean, let's see where the land lies. But this could be an exclusive here. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, let's see where the land lies when we're when we're when we're done. Because I know Does that we mean I've learn mines. Well, maybe. Oh, no. maybe, maybe I'll make it easy on you. Uh, because well, I know we tried to get it done a few year, a few years ago when we did the Patreon, when we started that up, we talked about yeah. doing it then. Um, yeah. But again, uh, things kind of developed differently, I suppose, don't they? Like, um, and the Patreon kind of didn't take off in quite a quite a large way that I hoped it would. That would be so that we'd be able to fund something like that. But, well, the, the whole the whole internet is like the wild west at the moment. So trying to, it, it, yeah, if, the next thing will be. Oh, you'll have an OnlyFans before you know it, but <laughs> the um, well, you know, you know, I've been working out, you know. it'll be the next thing, and then the next thing, and the next thing. And it always I, often the say that, I often say, Do you think people would pay to see pictures of my butt? Because I could, I could do that, you know, not if I'm you've not been sitting lying. down on it too long. Um, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, no, so maybe, yeah, we'll see where the land lies when uh, when this is over, but maybe we maybe we can spend a week together. Just revisiting that character, like, and you know, we can. Oh find yeah, no, I'll be, that. That'd be, that'd well, be you're, good. You're welcome here if you can get away. Well, I mean, I, I, careful what you offer. You know, I could be there at the weekend. Like, we've come to live here, you know. There's nothing here. I mean, there's, there's I mean, there's nothing here. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what I want. I want nothing to be here. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so, right. Well, I mean, this has been amazing. Like I've really enjoyed this. It was good to yeah, delve so have I. We, we it's very, very rare we go this far back into the micro universe. Uh, I think we had Adam on the second show. So we went we re, we visited a little bit 
uh, back then. But I mean, yeah, it's not often that we get to go so so far back into the inception of the microverse as it's now. Do another one with with Adam and me. I've not spoken to him in ages. Oh my god! Well, I mean, it'd be good to do some kind of uh, reunion, I guess, at some point. Um, you know, a choice reunion, let's call it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we've been. I've been trying to find track Eleanor down for a couple of years, but she's completely fallen off the map. Um, oh, right. uh, because she was going to come back and do Sasha's too, and then um, so she was moving to Korea, I think, and so that made things a little bit more difficult. Um, wow. And so in the end, we kind of said, well, you know, we don't want to disrupt your life too much, so I guess we'll recast. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, so we thought she might come back for the third one, but well, they pulled the prison down now, haven't they? It's been completely they, demolished. They pulled it down. I, I don't know how. Yeah, no, I think I think this is accurate. They pulled it down on the day Slasher House One came out on DVD in the UK. <laughs> so there you go. I remember Adam sending me a picture on the day the film came out and said, "This is what it looks like today." When it was just yeah. fresh rubble everywhere. It's not even as if we could do a reunion there. I mean, I mean, that would have been good. I mean, I think at the time we talked about going back there to do a screening in the prison, but it just didn't work out. I don't know uh, we tried to get it over it. Uh, I don't think the film festival was really running then, but we, we did talk about taking it to the Isle of Man Film Festival many years ago. Um, it's an extraordinary building, terrifying building. Horrible. I loved every minute of horrible it. Horrible building, yeah. It was all about that building for me. I mean, it, it yeah. Well, you kind of became a bit of a Jack Torrance about it by the end of it, you know. <clears throat> How do you mean? You know, like uh, it was kind of your building, I guess. Uh, it, yeah, it definitely um, had a personality at the end of it. Yeah, it, it yeah, felt definitely. like when we arrived, it felt like we weren't welcome and the building wasn't welcoming us. And then when we left, it was as if the building didn't want us to leave. It was. Well, I do remember you kind of, I, I don't know whether I remember it correctly, you, you were talking about like is it possible to stay here and like you know turn this into something like you know like a studio or that i was deluded yeah that, that was lack of sleep and like <laughs> I, remember, I remember you seriously asking it was the woman who came to give us the electric bill and you were like if i wanted to uh apply to run the building you were like okay, let's go <laughs> yeah oh yeah no it, yeah. Was, it was just where it was yeah, it no, was quite a captivating was... place i remember the bbc um interviewing us about uh about whether it was haunted we thought they were coming to to talk about our amazing film we've been making and they were like oh we just talk about any ghosts you've seen in that none really yeah. but i mean i don't know whether you want to talk about it i remain skeptical but there was definitely some uh there was a moment where there was a couple of moments yeah to be honest, like I've never believed in anything. Well, I, like I've always been like, ah, you know, it's interesting, but I've, I've never really been like, you know, in my adult life, uh, I've always been very like, nah, you know, it's not real, is it? Because I'm of, just, yeah. It, it, I think there's a lot of because I was so tired and hungry and stressed. There's a lot of that, but then when you when you see things with your eyes and you hear things with your ears. Rather than just, you're not imagining it. You know you're not imagining yeah. it. There is, there is this line. And, and 
I mean, yeah, I there, there were a couple anything, of times. But I, I, I didn't see anything. But there was a day. I remember editing in the office and we had, you know, the big bay windows that looked out onto like the road. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I remember you coming in white as a got like white as a sheet, like and just standing there silently for a minute, thinking. It was really like, weird. <clears throat> yeah, I, well, I, I was watching you in the reflection of the window and I I just went, You all right, mate? And you like it was like you didn't know I was there. You're like yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, something, something weird happened in that cell. And I was just like... Sort of, yeah, yeah. No, there, there was that, that cell. And then there was another moment outside that cell where this is the cell by the pool table. Yeah. Um, that I mentioned before. Um, the lighting board was on the other side of that wall. So as you're looking at that shot with the pool table, on the other side of that wall, the lighting board was there. So in order to shut everything off at the end of the day you had to kill the lights um and then walk past that doorway so uh i was stood sort of looking through the window and somebody else shut the lights off and i could see the reflection of the one of the lights behind me that's still on and i saw something walk across behind the doorway i swear to god like a, just a just like a black figure walked across in front of the pool table and um I've never moved out of a building <laughs> so fast. Uh, well, <clears throat> like I say, I've always been quite sceptical, but seeing your authentic reaction was like the scariest thing I'd seen. Like, I'm, I'm <clears throat> quite cynical about these things yeah, anyway. That's what I mean. yeah. so, like, to see you, like, I don't want to say shaken, but, you know, see the colour drained out of you a bit was... I was shook, yeah, yeah. I do remember a couple of other things. I mean, again, I didn't experience anything personally, but I do remember uh, my girlfriend's mum came out to do the um, creature effects. She was like a makeup artist. Um, So she came out to do the effects and stuff for that. And she was up in the gallows. She took a picture and there was like someone, it looked like someone stood at the end of like the, the walkway. Um, and she said, is that someone stood there? And I said, well, what's it? And I went and looked and obviously the walkway looked nothing like, you know, it was just a plain, because I thought, is it a bag or something at the back? Yeah. But it was just blank. And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, right thinking about it right now, a little bit of a shiver up my spine. But uh, we came down to the house to show everyone and she's gone to the camera and she went, the fucking picture's gone. And yeah. I was like, <laughs> what? But I do remember the BBC coming down and they interviewed me and said, So did you see any any ghosts or anything while you were there? On camera. Yeah. There's a BBC news broadcast of this somewhere. They said, Did you see any ghosts or anything? I said, No, no. And they said, Cut, cut. <clears throat> did you say you've seen some ghosts? <laughs> I was like, what? So then they, So did you see and so I remember saying uh, oh, I didn't see anything, but uh, the actress claimed she felt a ghostly presence. But <laughs> I thought, I can't bring myself to lie. So I'll just, you know, Eleanor was like, oh, yes, felt something weird up there when we were up there. So I thought, if I just say that, you know, um, but that was before you came in and was like, and, you know, announced that something had happened. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to put it down to being tired and being in a very odd 
scary building. Because um, uh, we had like a little cigarette area, didn't we, outside the office building? And across yeah, yeah. the courtyard was the prison. Yeah. And I remember standing there at night and we'd be out there drinking coffee and smoking and looking up at this fucking building. And it was pure fucking evil. Like, it was looking at you, wasn't it? It was, it was yeah. Grinning down on you. But like, there was like a weird feeling about it. It wasn't just like, you'd just be stood there like a normal place, but then you'd feel it. It was, it felt oppressive. I mean, I guess it's a prison. So, I mean, apart, I don't want to go off on what about, you know, Victorian architecture, but it was built to be oppressive. It was built to yeah. have that sort of, you know, it's, it's a penitentiary. It's meant, meant to make you feel like that. But it, you know, kudos to the architects because it fucking did. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Worst place on earth. But I loved it. I loved every second of it. I'd do it all again. Yes. Um, well, it's been great having you, mate. Oh, it's uh, been, been super us. being here. Uh, it's like again, again, having one of the one of the originals back is, you know, it's like we'll having, having it's, it's Ian McKellen in at the moment. What? I say we will do it again. It's um, just trying to fit it in for me at the moment because I've got yeah. that much on. But, um, I've just been informed my wife's got a flat tire, so I need to go and sort that out as well. <laughs> Good country living for you. Right, let me save my P's and my Q's, and then I'll let you go. Uh, so thank you for joining us, everyone. Uh, thank you, Welly, for joining us. Um, if you want to listen to these podcasts, you can go to anchor.fm slash myco, M-Y-C-H-O, uh, and you can get those on iTunes and Spotify as well. But there's links to all that on the Anchor uh, FM page. Uh, if you go to myco.co.uk, M-Y-C-H-O.co.uk, you can uh, listen to these podcasts. There's short films there. You can buy DVDs, T-shirts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you go to patreon.com slash myco, you can get interviews, including this one, a month early uh, for subscribing. So it's about £1.50. From £1.50, subscribe and you get podcasts every week and then short films made exclusively for the Patreon. Um, and other stuff, we do trailers there, comic books, um, kind of first looks at all of our stuff. Um, so anyway, thank you for joining us, Wally, uh, and we'll see everyone next time. A big thank you to our Patreon subscribers. You guys make these shows possible, and we couldn't do it without you. Frasier has left the building.